Greg McMurray. This is Pillars of Franchising. It's Thursday, December 6th, and I'm still standing. I'm with my co-host, Ray Pillar. Ray, how you doing today? I am doing absolutely fantastic. It's a beautiful day here in the Midwest, in Aurora, Illinois, and the temperature is 28 degrees. Beautiful and sunshiny and crisp. You know, just the kind of weather that keeps you healthy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, what Ray's alluding to to our listeners um, is last Saturday night, um, yours truly had a massive heart attack. Uh, and uh, they put three stents in my heart. Um, and what we've learned is, because of many reasons, is I'm one lucky person actually going to buy a lotto ticket. Um, and I've been told about the fact that I actually walked out, that I actually walked out, I'm lucky. And the fact that I walked out on Tuesday, I'm one tough person. Um, but enough of that. So, Ray, are you excited about today's show? I am. I really am. I think this is going to be a great show, and uh, I think we have great guests, and I'm, I can't wait till we get in, into it. All right. So before we get into it, I want to tell the folks that are online, because there I can see them all. That we got a bunch of them queued up on the website. If you want, folks, you can uh, initiate a chat and ask questions. Or you can call in at 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755. Now, since our topic is women in business, um, yeah, Ray and I can't do that. So we brought in two of our special co-hosts today. Who are they, Ray? We have Holly Port and Kristen Chalmese on the line. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Holly. How are you doing today? Hey guys, we're doing good. Hi, we're doing great. Kristen, where are you? What's the weather like? Well, I'm just north of Ray, so it is uh, bitterly cold here at 28 degrees, and the sun is beginning to set, which means it'll start to feel like it's about uh, 18 very soon. Nice. And Holly? <laughs> yes, well, Cincinnati is about 35, which is really torturous because you don't quite get the snow, you get the Sitting, freezing rain, and um, no, we haven't seen sun in a few days here, unfortunately. Hmm. So you mentioned Cincinnati. All right. So what we're going to do today is, like I said, for the most part, we're going to have Kristen and Holly be our our co-host, and they're going to female explain. Um, <laughs> what our guests say, because of course, Ray and I don't understand that. And now, in Holly's honor, <laughs> as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm still loving playing that that cut from Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, our that first caller so is. Uh, past guest, Marissa Allen. Marissa, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Take it away, Holly. Since Marissa is a franchise professional, you get to take care of the first one. 
Okay. Hi, Marissa. How are you this evening? I'm doing excellent. Thank you, Holly. Thanks for asking. Marissa, we know that you are you're a leader in uh, in this industry as a franchise consultant. Um, we're really excited to have your contribution. What What are your questions for today? What would you like to talk about? What is your biggest surprise? Well, you know, honestly, nothing really surprises me anymore. I've been doing this a long time, and and while I've seen changes, I think there are still some hurdles that women are facing in business. Statistically, there are over 11 uh, million female-owned businesses, but this is still in the minority, and I think there are hurdles still faced by women who have really embraced entrepreneurship. So basically, women often have you know, a much different experience than their male counterparts. And one of the areas that's really surprised me is that women are still dealing with limited access to funding. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, has really stood out for me. I, I attended, um, and I have attended a number of networking events uh, when there are angel investors involved. And I would say there was less than a handful of women participating, and the majority of investors were male, maybe one or two female. So when having some general conversations afterwards with some of these female investors, they all really echoed the same thing to me. They said, women... Um, are much more conservative when they're asking for, for money versus their male counterparts because, you know, the men are going to shoot for the moon, so to speak. And a lesson learned uh, for female entrepreneurs is that they really need to learn to ask exactly what they need, uh, even if it means asking for, you know, more than what they're thinking are because they've got that sort of mentality of being conservative. Um, and I'm starting to see some more, you know, female angel investor groups pop up uh, and beyond funding, they also offer strategic educational workshops for women. So that's that's one of the things that I've you know that's kind of surprised me. Uh, you know, I thought mm-hmm. things might have changed a little bit more than that. You know, I think that's a great. I, I addressed that in our segment today, uh, women in franchising. But you know, the the female in business is making twenty five cents to her male counterpart. Female business owners make twenty five cents to her male counterpart dollar in business. So. Um, what are your thoughts, Marissa? Why do you think that that still exists today? Is it still um, the mindset from, you know, 20, 30 years ago um, that hasn't evolved um, enough to get past that? Or do you think it's more of um, a, a personality trait with the females? And, and what, what, what's your advice to um, aspiring women entrepreneurs that are listening today? Uh, I, I think it, you've hit it right on the head. I think it's that mindset. I think that you know, we talk about that gender gap um, and the conversation isn't new. And, you know, that, that exists whether, uh, you know, women in the corporate world or women in entrepreneurship, I think they're, they're starting to see uh, the same kinds of things. We're starting to see a shift, um, you know, as it relates to board seats and CEOs. And, and I, I don't think that's, you know, any different within the franchising space. So I think that's, you know, a, a, a key point, absolutely. And do you see an advantage for women um, in franchising versus the business world? In other words, um, you know, in franchises, they, they, um, they've got, you know, more of a business in a box. Their prices are set. You know, the, the fees are, are usually standard across as far as royalties, and there's not as much um, negotiation and getting the business started. It, it, do you do you hear that from from your your um, your clients? Are they looking for a franchise for those reasons? Does that help them? 
Yeah, it does, you know, cause, and, and that's interesting that you bring that up because I think that's another area that surprises me because given that growth of women in business in general and the success that women are creating in business, you know, why aren't there more of them exploring um, business ownership through franchising, uh, both as a means for work and also empowerment? Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's education is a big piece of it, and, and that's, you know, one of the things that I often talk about about what I can do to help people. I, I believe that education is powerful and, you know, being informed is what allows you to make those uh, informed decisions, if you will. Um, and I think that franchising, you know, takes a lot of the variables out of the challenge of starting a new business. And I think that's kind of where women, um, you know, hit those speed bumps, I think, when they're thinking about that. So, uh, you know, you're working with that established business model, like you said, and, you know, we know that it's proven to be successful um, and women, you know, women like to be kind of in that tribe environment. I often see, um, you know, just in networking mm-hmm. in general and, and myself having owned businesses. And that's where I think franchising, you know, fits that model. And I think if we, you know, collectively can do a better job about getting that message out there, um, I think that we can empower women on a, you know, on a more global basis, if you will. I think that was think a really point. interesting point. The the um, the point about the the tribe um, that that is um, you know across the board. You know, obviously this is not um, all or nothing. So there are women that fit into that box, but the majority of women are um, you know uh, one of the reasons that they they seek franchises. You know that that um, the IFA actually. Um, put out um, the International Franchising Association, and one of those reasons was because of the networking, being able to have like-minded individuals that were doing the same same business, the franchise um, the franchise committees, the different the different um, consulting groups within the franchise. There is definitely a camaraderie and a strength um, in business ownership. So they are, as they say, you know, to use the adage, you know, they're in business for themselves, but not by themselves. So. Yeah, that, that's a good so, point. Mm-hmm. Marissa, what is your Kristen. biggest surprise in, in business? What's well, the biggest you know, surprise you've encountered? You know, I think I, I spoke to it earlier about that funding piece. Um, you know, even as it relates mm-hmm. to women, um, you know, when I'm talking and I, I do a lot of networking, uh, and sometimes it's uh, female-specific networking, um, and just talking about, you know, business in general, and, you know, asking, you know, have you ever thought about franchising? No, well, I can't afford it. And not understanding the resources that are made available to them. And I always get this look of, of surprise, like, oh, I, you know, I didn't know. Um, and so I think it's, again, it goes back to, you know, are we doing a good enough job to educate and to get the word out to women? Because men, uh, you know, men, men don't seem to have an issue with that. Um, and women, you know, either they're not exploring, they're not looking uh, for the right resources. Um, and so for me, you know, I, I'm just one voice. And, you know, if we can replicate that voice through all of us to get that message out there, um, I think that we're going to start to see that shift. Now, okay. for another question. Wait, time out, folks, time out. Got to let Kristen, our franchisee, ask a question here. Can't take a ball to thing. So, Kristen, ask your Sorry. question. Sorry. <laughs> Marissa, I think what you had to say is very interesting, and as a franchisee, um, I couldn't agree with you more in just about every single thing you said. The one question that I would have for you that I think a lot of people listening to the call today might um, 
be interested in. You talked a lot about the different resources that are available, and obviously one that most of us know is um, the WSBA is, is a great resource for women. But aside from that, um, where would you turn if you were a small business owner as a woman to find that list of resources, all the different types that you might be looking for? You know, I would just, um, you know, I – I'm a big, you know, proponent on doing research and things like that online. So I would look at the chamber. I would look at uh, through the National um, Association of Women Business Owners, NABO. Um, I would talk to um, women that are holding positions in financial institutions. Um, I would say talk to me because um, I have a lot of resources, uh, you know, for funding, for people looking at business ownership. Uh, and I work with a counterpart. She's female. She's been doing the financing for 20 years, knows her stuff, et cetera. So it's really about trying to make those connections um, in that workplace um, and just asking and not being afraid to ask the question because the worst thing that can happen is they can say no, right? But um, there are, you know, it's just about, again, educating and getting that word out. Do you feel that some of the national programs that might be available out there are? more effective, as effective, um, say, as a more local resource for people? Uh, I think it depends on the individual, sort of what they're coming in with, um, you know, what their uh, financial snapshot looks like, because that's going to really impact the kind of uh, funding that they're looking for. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's really dependent on the person. And that's, um, you know, I... I'm, I'm not a, you know, a CPA, I'm not a funding expert by any means, but I know how to direct people to where and who they should be talking to, uh, talk to the subject matter experts and uh, taking a look at that. Um, and find out, you know, are there angel investors um, in your networking uh, sphere, in your community, um, because I'm starting to see more and more of that, uh, you know, coming up where we're seeing women uh, that have done well, you know, successful mm-hmm. in their respective businesses and built businesses, and now they want to give back um, in tapping into that and, and seeing, you know, what's available to you at a local level and then, you know, escalating it from there. Excellent. Thank okay. you. All right. So I got a, uh, got a question for you. Uh, this is not actually mine. This is coming through the website. Um, and uh, the listener says that they have a problem with being having to be perfect. Um, how do you, uh, Marissa, Polly, uh, Kristen, how do you overcoming, or do you have issues with trying to be perfect? And if so, how do you overcome it? <laughs> Go ahead, Kristen. Uh, well, I, I think that, I think that many of us do have that. And I think part of it, um, you could say in some situations maybe the expectations that women put on themselves, it may be the expectations that others put on us. It's the, you know, expectations to be able to balance everything and to be everything, not at, not only at work but at home, for your kids, for school. And so I think a lot of times we probably put that unnecessary pressure to be able to do it all and be the best and the reality is you, you just can't, you know, there's, everybody has their limits. I would love to be perfect. I would love to have, you know, a, a, a model business and everything that we do be absolutely perfect, but that's just not the way, that's just not reality. It's not the way things work. And I think that as women, we tend to be more emotional um, and not being perfect probably gets to us a lot more than it does to our male counterparts. 
Um, but yeah, I think that's a, a true problem for women. And I don't, I can't say that I have the exact answer except for just to be easy on yourself and make sure that you spend time taking care of your own mind and body and um, emotional state so that you realize it's okay not to be perfect. Hey, Christine, it's Marisa here. And I, I exactly echo your sentiments. And the only thing I would add uh, to that, you know, you're never going to be perfect. And I, and I learned this the hard way myself as well, having been a business owner previously, is that it's okay to ask for help. You know, you can't be that expert at everything. Um, and Absolutely. so to surround, you know, surround yourself with people who know, like I always hated doing the accounting piece of my business. I just, you know, I know it, but I just don't enjoy doing it. So I always farmed those things out. And I found that it elevated me in terms of what I really enjoy doing in the business uh, and being able to excel even further. So, yeah, I couldn't agree. Yeah, I'd like to add in here. I, I understand the 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 um, the caller sentiment very well, uh, very very personally. Um, I've been accused of being a perfectionist in my life, um, and all those that know me and listen are laughing. Um, but I think um, I'm going to answer a little differently. I think that we should always aspire to perfection. I think that we need to raise our bar and go after it. I think that's why those males in the investor room are saying, I want, you know, 2 million and the females are saying 1.3 million. You know, I think we do need to go after being the very best we can be. However, with that being said, um, we have to understand and accept that um, perfection comes in many forms. You know, aspiration Mm -hmm. in yourself to be the best you can be is such a gift. It's such a great quality that a lot of people don't have. And I think it really separates, um, it with the line in the sand, those who are successful and those who are not. But you have to then back up and say, I did everything I could. I moved my best forward. And then you have to be comfortable with that. I did do my best. I did move these blocks. And, and if you fail but did your best, then to me that's perfection itself. You've done, you've done the job. Um, and I want to spin it into franchising too because for those that um, really want this business to be perfect and they're starting a business from scratch and you're an entrepreneur, um, there's a lot of rough roads in there. And, and I think Marissa or, or Kristen just said, you know, reach out for the support. With a franchise system, though, you've got, you've got, this, you've got this system already together. There's not as, as much pressure on you. The, the model has been done and it's been repeated, and you're able to walk in there and, and really kind of um, just kind of plug and play. Now, I, there's always hard work, and you're pulling up your elbows and you're going to do your best, no doubt about it. But it, you have such a strong support system that um, it's, I believe, much harder to fail in a franchise uh, than it is in a business. Uh, yeah, that's a that great actually, point, Holly. Great point. Another uh, question from the website. Uh, uh, the questioner says, I always feel like um, I can't <clears throat> – excuse me. I always feel like I can't talk about my accomplishments because I'm being boastful or conceited. How do you get around that? Jump ball. Kristen, go ahead. <laughs> it's Holly. I'll jump in. I, I, that's a tough one because, you know, as a female especially, um, sometimes you have to say what you've done. Um, I think it's important. I, I do because uh, a lot of times, you know, when you're, you know, uh, in a group of people, they don't maybe necessarily think that you have the skill sets 
at least this is the, um, I would call it, um, I, don't, I don't want to call it prejudice, but I've had many people not realize what I'm capable of doing. Sometimes I have to say a little bit of what I've done. Um, you know, I don't know that you have to be um, in a situation where you're bragging or boasting. Um, facts are facts, though. Um, you know, you, you should be proud of what you've done. You're, if you're saying it, it's, again, back to the heart. It, if you're saying it for um, you need that, that compliment and that, that praise, then, you know, that's a different situation. But if you're doing it to move a business deal forward and you want to make sure that the people that you're dealing with understand your skill sets and capabilities, that's okay. I, I think you, you can own the facts. I think it also has a lot to do with the way that you present yourself, right? I mean, exactly what Holly's saying and wrap it in a package, right? They always talk about the way that you dress when you go into these meetings or when you go to meet with clients and make sure that your body posture is proper so that you look confident when you walk in the room. You want people to notice you when you walk in. And that alone sometimes gives you credibility without even getting down to all of the details of what it is that you're talking about. So I think there's a lot that goes into it, um, even without beginning to talk about what you're capable of or what you've done. And, and you know, I have that conversation with people every day because they want to talk about, you know, different things in their homes. And for me, luckily, I grew up in home improvement, and I know a lot of stuff that, you know, some people don't. And you can never come off as the know-it-all person, but you have to just say, you know, what you do know to the best of your ability and never hesitate to say, you know what, I don't know about that, but I can get you an answer. I know somebody who does. Um, but I would right. never shortchange yourself by not giving yourself some praise and some credit so that you build credibility with your clients. Yeah, yeah I agree as well uh, in terms of that you've earned that, you've worked hard. Um, and I think that if you, uh, how you, um, you know, parlay that into your conversation, it also um, shows the confidence in yourself and not afraid to, to share that with others without being boastful uh, about what you did. Absolutely. So what I think I've learned here, and Ray, you can, you can check me if I'm wrong. There's a whole lot of agreement between women, whereas men tend to disagree with, every, with each other on everything they say and do. <laughs> Ray? Well, you know, when I was listening to the conversation, I think one of the first things that came to mind is somebody told me, if you don't ring your bell, nobody will ring it for you. So, and Kristen is right, it's how you do it, you know, and you you really got, especially in this day and age, and I think especially with a, a, a woman, you you really got to, you know, ring uh, ring your own bell. You know, it's, it, it it just makes sense to me because nobody's going to know who you are unless you tell them. Wow, Ray, you got the last Kristen. word there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's also we have to do a commercial, Fred. Is it a commercial? Yes, now? we do. I'm, and I was going to take the break here. Um, <laughs> well, I thank the Link Local Network for broadcasting on us. Uh, people can continue to ask questions through the website. Love seeing everybody there. Or you can call in at 323-580-5755. And now a word from our sponsors. Ever wonder how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? 
The Franchise Consulting Company is a group of over 100 franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of the Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072. You know, I've got to say, for Nick being 2,000 years old, he looks really good. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Marissa, I'll ask the, the last question, um, the last couple of questions of uh, what's the last thing you'd like to tell our listeners, and how do people get a hold of you? Um, the last thing I'd like to tell the listeners is that if you've ever even had a thought, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I thought about business ownership, just not sure if it's right for me. All it takes is a call with me uh, for about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, to figure out what it is that they're looking to do, and I can help guide them. I'm a free resource um, as a consultant with the franchise consulting company. They can call me uh, directly at 416-726-1858. They can email me, Marisa, M-A-R-I-S-A, at thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com, and I'd be more than happy to help out uh, and point them in the right direction, whether it's business ownership or not. And that's Marisa with one S, folks. Don't keep screwing it up like I do. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Holly. Thanks, Kristen. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks, Marissa. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. And our next caller. Caller, are you there? 630-888? Uh, that's me. I'm here. Oh, I recognize that voice. Caller, who are you? <laughs> I'm Michelle Rumpel. I'm owner of Mediavine Marketing. Hmm, I've heard of that company. So where are you? <laughs> what's your What's the weather like? Uh, I am currently in uh, beautiful Pismo Beach, and it's a uh, shocker. It's overcast and um, you know a little bit chilly. So there you go. You just made Ray's day. <laughs> I said I said a little bit chilly. <laughs> right. You still made Ray's day. Yes. Yes. I, I think Fred, Fred needs Fred Fred needs some bone chilling weather in order to resume his health. Yeah, when That's your right. heart beats forty when your heart beats forty be, forty beats a minute, it is bone chilling. <laughs> yes it is. So, Kristen, sure. since we let Holly take the last one, you get to go the first time around with your question. Oh, I, feel, I feel so honored to be able to talk to you about this, Michelle, since I Aww. have known you for quite some time. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, as you remember, <laughs> you and I met at a um, women's networking group back in yep. 2000. Yeah. It's been a long time. Hello. Hello. Long silence here. Did you mute me? No, you're back. You're back. Okay. That was weird. I'm like, 
Yeah. I heard something say mute, and I'm like, uh-oh, I think that was me. <laughs> um, so obviously you've grown your business. You've moved it. You've changed names of the company. Uh, what has been your biggest surprise as a women in, uh, woman in business in all these changes that you've had to make? Well, a, a couple things that have surprised me. So one was um, early on, it, when we when we started the business, um, I made a conscious decision to go by my maiden name because, you know, because my husband and I own the business together. And um, what what I re- what I noticed, unfortunately, was that as soon as people, you know, heard my name and his name, um, I would kind of get the. Well, it was almost kind of like, oh, that's nice. Can I talk to the guy kind of <laughs> um, yeah. response. And and it didn't happen all the time. I'm not saying that it happens all the time. But it happened enough that it, you know, A, it bothered me. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and B, I just felt like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm intelligent and talented in my own right. And, um, we, you know, I don't need to be known as the wife of, I can just be a business owner. So I'm just going to be a business owner as my maiden name. And, um, and that helped. I mean, you know, sometimes it's, 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 uh, people kind of respond not maybe happily all the time when they find out that we're, you know, that we are married and they feel like, you know, maybe there's a deception that's been pulled on them or something like that. That doesn't happen often either, but once in a while it does. Um, but I just, it, it just, it helped, you know, it helped to be able to just kind of separate the names. Um, I don't, I don't know that it would, you know, maybe things have changed and it wouldn't be as big of a deal now. I don't know, but it, it certainly was, you know, almost 10 years ago. So um, the other thing that surprised me about being um, a woman, a female business owner was the the tribe aspect that was mentioned earlier. I forget who said it, but mm-hmm. um, one of the things one of the things that is surprised me that but I also you know really enjoy is that women do tend to kind of support each other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we certainly have um, female only networking groups and things like that, but but we do tend to kind of um, try to build each other up, try to patronize each other in our businesses and just kind of look out for each other when opportunities come up. And Mm -hmm. I I just think that's really cool. I don't, I don't know that that happens quite as much um, for males, maybe a, because they don't need to as much, but B because it's just not, they just don't have the same, you know, we are different males and females are different. And so I really appreciate that, that, kind of support and tribe mentality that that we have because we do need you know we do have some obstacles to overcome I don't think they're as many as they used to be for sure but 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 they're still there and so yeah those are probably the biggest things that I I found okay all right so somebody's got to explain that to me men and women are different Never mind. <laughs> Mars and Venus. It's Mars and Venus. Didn't you read the book? My mm-hmm. dad read the book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Read a book? I do radio. Yeah. I don't read books. You can get books on right. tape, Fred. Books on tape. 
<laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting that, that um, you know, even the perception that I did to it earlier, you know, how women make more emotional decisions and we're considered to be more emotional in, in the things that we do, and men tend to be more data-driven, and that's certainly a big, broad brush that I just used to, to say that because yeah, that's definitely sure. not true with everyone, but um, – I think that that has a lot to do with some of the differences, too. Um, so do you have any advice for somebody who would be maybe interested in going into business for themselves as a female? And you're obviously not a franchise. You're a startup on your own. So right. you have your own challenges. Um, anything yeah. that you would, would say to somebody who is going to do that? Um, oh gosh, so many. Uh, <laughs> one, <laughs> one is... Um, you know, give yourself time to build. Um, it, it's most likely not going to happen overnight. It's so rare. And people, I think people um, can tend to invest too much at the beginning. You know, their overhead is too high at the beginning. You've you got to keep your costs low, you know, especially when you're starting out. And just, you know, just know that, just recognize that even if you have a franchise, and you've got support from your franchisor, it, it's going to take a while just to build up your clientele. And it's probably going to take longer than you ever thought. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And, you know, people, you know, you have to build trust. People have to get to know that, that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And you're going to make mistakes. I mean, I think that's a big one, too. Is, yeah, I think women, a lot of times we are kind of – I mean, it's good to try to strive for perfectionism, but we also tend to be maybe unrealistic. And just know that you're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to, you know, something's going to go wrong. Things are going to happen. And just to try to give yourself grace, which I don't do that uh-huh. very well, but to try to give yourself <laughs> grace. Um, because, you know, life goes on. And, and as long as your heart's in the right place and you're doing your best, um, good things it, it, good things will happen. You will build it. Um, yeah. Ray? It's, yeah. So many things. Ray? Ray, she said failure. You've never failed. No, have that's you? not. A, that is not an option. <laughs> not an that option. That is not an option. <laughs> Holly, what's your question it's, it's, for Michelle? The, oh, go that ahead, word yeah. is not in my lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about your lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad she's not near me, Ray. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> That's why everybody loves me. That's all, right, Ray? <laughs> That's right. Okay. We're gonna get together so, a bunch Michelle, of later. <laughs> Go ahead, so Michelle. I, I do have a couple of questions for you. One, one is that you you've been very successful. You've done a good job. You built. It seems like um, sounds just from listening to you. Um, you know, you know that there's those dark days when you wake up and go, God, do I have to really do this again? Um, and you know that just planting those seeds, you know, what's the Jim Rohn quote, you know, the, I found the more seeds I plant, the more, the more, you know, more, the more growth, you know, so we've got to just keep, keep moving step by step. And that's, that monotony can be tough at times, but um, the diligence, you know, obviously pays off. Um, but my question to you is, so we're, we're talking about males versus females in the business world. Um, and, you know, I, I never like to d- divide the sexes. I, I'm so grateful that we're all humans and we're all on this planet together and, and hopefully moving towards good things. Um, but there are gifts 
that men have, I believe, that women don't share, and I believe there are gifts that women have um, in the same right. And, of course, this is not carte blanche across the board. Um, But what are some of the skills um, that you have found, Michelle, that have made you a um, maybe more successful than a male counterpart? You know, our, 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 you know, sometimes they say women have an ability to listen for a little bit longer period of time um, than a male does, you know, in a conversation in maybe the women can build relationships more because of this tribe mentality. And I, I don't know what the answer is to this, but I, I am really curious um, how your femininity has brought you success that you don't think maybe would have otherwise happened if you had been a male. Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, um, for me, being a woman in kind of a semi-tech space, because our company, we do website design and development, and we also do digital marketing. And so they're, especially in the web development side, it tends to be more male heavy, you know, male um, dominated. It's changing, but it, you know, certainly it's more often a male, a male world. And so what I found is um, women, other women like to talk to me about their needs, um, you know, especially for websites or even for digital marketing, because um, I don't tend to speak in geek <laughs> as much, mm-hmm. I think, as a lot of the males do. I, I tend to, mm-hmm. and I have a teaching background as well, so I kind of tend to to break it down a little bit more, just more natural. Um, and I, I do tend to like to, to spend more time with people in understanding what it is they want and need rather than trying to tell them, sorry guys, but trying to tell them what I think they want and need. So um, I think that helps. And, you know, so I do find that we have quite a few female clients on that end because they appreciate that. Um, Can I I have to say, Michelle, sure. and not to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but as one of your um, clients, I'm sitting here like chomping at the bit. It, <laughs> you are absolutely, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you're, both of you have different skill sets. And yep. I think that the, the way you described yourself and not, you know, speaking geek and some of the, the things that you have to offer your female clients are very different than what your husband offers. And they, they complement each other so well that um, I think it's, it's exciting to watch over the years, especially as I learned, I was one of those people that were surprised to learn that your husband was also in the business um, <laughs> because I originally thought it was just you. Right. And then I met him yeah. and I'm like, wait a minute, how do you know her? And He's like, well, she's my wife. And I'm like, what? What just happened? I had no idea. Um, but, but I do think that you have a knack for listening a little bit longer, and um, your suggestions are very different. And I think the two of you really um, have a great thing going in terms of helping your clients because of the way you are both so different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So now I want to jump in here. I'll let you ladies go back to talking, but I have a question. And and um, you 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 talked about males versus females, and um, that to me that's really really strange because I never define it that way. Um, I define it between those who have budget and those who don't. Go back. 
Is that why I don't hear from you? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you either got budget or you don't. It's not a male female thing. Never mind. Right. Ray, I, you I, I'd, I'd like to hear quick. I'd like to pipe in just a little bit. Uh, uh, Kristen knew uh, my wife Martha, and by uh, the way, today's is one year of her passing, but. Uh. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, wow. I, I, I think Kristen asked me a question uh, shortly after uh, talking to Martha for uh, uh, a little bit. Uh, who runs the business? And I believe you thought it was uh, uh, Martha. And the, the, the interesting part of that is that during our 35 years of marriage, Martha always told me, you know, I'm not really that type to be running a business. I just don't have that in me. Yet when she came on board in the business, it's like she'd been <laughs> doing it for 30 years. I mean, she yeah. just took command of everything there, and it was amazing. And um, I was very much proud of her, the way she, you know, took over the the business. But again, uh, in, in, you know, and it was just fantastic. And I think what I'm trying to say is sometimes people, and this is, and I don't mean this to be, you know, because I do mean people, not being sexist, don't know what their abilities are until they're placed in a situation where they have to have to use them. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think the two of you also complemented one another very well, and that's not to say that two females can't complement one another. It goes back to some earlier uh, radio shows that we did talking about knowing where your weaknesses are and being able to say, you know, I need an individual who, you know, I think it was Marissa who said she hates doing the bookkeeping. Oh my God, it's my worst thing ever. I hate doing it. It's it's boring. It's tedious. It's not what I want to do. And so I know if I were looking for a partner, you know, that's I need a, a, a data person, right? Because I'm the idea person. Yeah. And so I, I think that whether you're going to be a, a full-blown female-owned business and have a female partner or a male partner, it's really making sure that you find the perfect partner, whatever that partner might be. Definitely. Yeah, that's important. Absolutely. Holly? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> I still think you have to handle the budget, but that's Although okay. Although I, I was going to find you took it to a great level. I, I you know, back to, to that question of finding where the strengths and skills are of, of a female and, and tapping into that resource. And I didn't mean it to be a sexist um, comment, but that really is a good point, you know, to, to bring up. And, you know, it is because um, we do have all unique skill sets, but, but, but taking those gifts that we have and really utilize them to make it work, um, it, it's really interesting. Um, I have a friend um, that works with me a little bit, and, uh, you know, he observed me on the phone, you know, I was doing, uh, you know, some deals with some, some buyers for some resales. And he listened to, you know, me for a while, and he listens to what, the way I work with my clients. And at one point he, he made a comment and said, you know, it's not how he would close a deal. It's not how he would sell it all. And at first, you know, he wanted to tell me my business, but he knew, you know, I was successful. So he didn't say anything, just listened. And afterwards, he said, you know, I would have done it this way. And I thought about what he said, and I said, you know, you would have been very successful doing it that way because those are your skill sets and strengths, and you think that way, and you can track and keep going. But mine go a different way. This is how I do it, and it makes me successful as well. 
So male, female, I do think that there is a component that we have, you know, uh, the majority of strengths that, that, you know, uh, would probably be pertaining to our sex, also our life experience, et cetera. Um, But it Mm -hmm. is different. So being able to really tap into what makes you special and how you work. And, and yes, you follow a model. Yes, you you emulate um, those that came before you and were successful. But but you have to pull inside and grab the skills that you were born with and and tap into into those and, and really... Um, utilize that to be successful. And I think we all have that gift, um, wh- again, whether it's male or female. And to your point that you made, Holly, really is understanding who your audience is, right? Because to your point, you and the other gentleman, I mean, what he does may work for his client. I know the differences in my market. I deal with a client in one town very differently than I deal with a client in another town. One of my towns is millennials. One of my towns is, you know, more of the 55 to 65, and they are not looking for the same things. They're not looking to have the same conversations. And so I think that's very important. Right. And also not just the client itself, but also when you have one client, you may have a different set of skills that can bring that person to understanding what the point is you're making, et cetera, um, whereas somebody else can go a whole different path. So we, we mm-hmm. all have our way of, of being successful and doing things. And the same client, you may be able to sell it, it just as well as Ray can. And, and, mm-hmm. and yet you go about it a completely different pathway. Um, but, it's, but that, you know, that's kind of that's neat. And I, it just tells us and teaches us to dig deep and, and be really, um, be real, be who we are. who we are? You mean people don't do that? <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> Have a heart attack or think you can get smart ass. Whatever. <laughs> no, I am a smart ass before I had the heart attack, during the heart attack, and after the heart attack. <laughs> well, at least something's enduring. Exactly. <laughs> Did we find our friend uh, Stephanie calling yet? I've not Texas? seen our friend Stephanie yet. Uh-oh, Stephanie, are you there? Lost. That's too bad. So, Michelle, what would you like to tell us that you'd like our listeners to hear? Uh, wow. Um, <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah. There's uh, just, um, you know, if, if you're thinking about starting a business or opening a franchise, you know, don't let anything hold you back. It's a totally different life, totally different lifestyle than having a job, but it's, um, you make it what you want, you know, you make it yours and give it a shot. It's It's an amazing ride. All right, so I'm gonna. I got one question that just came to me um, that I'd like to ask uh, all of our ladies. What? Hey, wait, Fred. Isn't, don't, Go ahead. Aren't you supposed to do a commercial? Yes, I am, dude. So <laughs> Ray is keeping us on track as usual. So please call in at three two three five eight zero five seven five five. That's three two three five eight zero. Five seven five five, or you can go to pillar www.pillarsoffranchising.com and leave questions or comments there. And now a word from a different sponsor. Hey, franchise owners. 
Does the marketing that corporate provides for your franchise go far enough? Do you struggle to get local clients to call or come through your door? At Mediavine Marketing, we love working with franchises like yours to personalize and localize your marketing efforts through social media sites like Facebook or Instagram, in emails to your current and past customers, with Facebook or Google ads, and whiteboard animation videos. Contact Mediavine Marketing today at 805-265-5440 or go to mediavinemarketing.com. That's 805-265-5440. Mediavine Marketing. We know franchises and we want to help yours grow. All right. Now, my question is, what famous quote would you say would you say is your driving um, driving quote for, for your professional career? Who wants to go first? Is that to ev- to everybody? <laughs> yeah. Oh my go God. for it. Right? <laughs> go ahead, Ray. You can start them off. Well, I, I, I did mention a, a quote, and I can't say who quoted it to me, and that was about ringing your own bell. Um, and because, you know, there's a lot of people out there who have a ton of ability, and they don't say anything about it. And I want to cite a little example about that. Today, somebody, uh, another uh, franchise owner asked, sent me an email today and asked me if I have any advertising examples for uh, you know office-type managers or people who go out and do estimates and things like that. And I, I gave that a little thought before I returned the email, and I said, I don't. I really don't have any exam- advertising examples on that because we've always hired from within. Uh, we, in other words, uh, we've got, uh, let's see, six people in the office other than myself. Uh, my son is one of them, and uh, everyone else came from um, uh, within with two exceptions. One was a recommendation, and uh, the other one is my uh, daughter-in-law. And so we have had people who have come into the position and uh, work as, as uh, you know, a short time or even as long as a year and say, you know what, I'm, re- I'm really not built for this. And we put them back into the field willingly uh, yeah, on, on their part. So I, I think my point is though, you've got to be the type of uh, leader that's able to, recognize even a, a small glimpse of ability in somebody and see if you can develop that. And it's worked out great in our case. Okay. Who's next? All right. I'll pick Kristen. What's your fate quote that drives your business? <laughs> <laughs> so I have to tell you that I, you know, I read a lot of quotes and I always think, Oh, that's so cool. But it's kind of like when I watch movies and I go, what a great movie. And someone will say, Oh, you saw it. What was it about? And I'm like, I don't know, but it was good, right? So, um, I know exactly I what you mean. <laughs> I Except, and yet, you, you know, Kristen, is... I've got an excuse now. I'm old. <laughs> I have a birthday on Monday. I have an excuse, too. Right, every birthday, it's another excuse. So um, I can't say that I necessarily have a quote. I mean, I will tell you, I try to wake up each morning, and for people who know me well know that mornings are not my prime time of the day. And I always think of the old quote of easing the day, right? And 
I've mm-hmm. been reading the Harvard Business Review um, little excerpt on mindfulness because um, in a crazy life like mine with, you know, all the extracurricular stuff we have going on outside of the business, it's very easy to um, kind of spin my wheels and stress out about everything instead of just focusing on one thing at a time. And so seizing the day and one moment at a time and being mindful in the moment is uh, certainly where this next year you will find me. Um, it does not mean that we won't be strategically planning for the future growth and all those other things, but I certainly need to be a little more in tune with what's going on in the now as opposed to worrying about tomorrow all the time. Okay. Hmm, that's great. Who's next? Holly? This is Holly. I'll jump in. I. I have a couple of things I say to myself kind of um, as a rule, but I have um, I have a mantra quote or one that I really love that I live by. Um, but I, one thing I do every day is when I wake up, I say, what can I do today to get on the other side of fear? I look at fear, and I know that seems like an inverse um, way of looking at life, but um, I've found that um, – I, if I disable the fears, if I get on the other side of fear, do something that I would never do every single day or, or it has intimidated me in some way, um, it, it has really moved um, me forward in very quick uh, motion and, and tripled my success that I expected this year, um, full of gratitude for that. But I think that was a huge, huge thing was saying, what can I do today to get on the other side of fear? The second thing I, I put as a mantra is really that the only limitations I have are self-imposed. And, and that sounds like just a little bit of rhetoric, but it's just not. If you look at the limitations you've set in your life and you see what they are, can you get over those? What can you do to overcome? How do you get out of this box that you put yourself in in that day, in that week, in that year? Um, so, again, the only limitations I have are the ones that I've imposed on myself. And then, and then my quote that you said is a Walt, Whit- a Walt Whitman quote, and um, and it's, I think I posted it, you know, at some point, um, you know, to the world. But it's, um, he says, oh, while I live to be the ruler of life, not a slave, to meet life as a powerful conqueror, and nothing exterior to me will ever take command of me. In other words. I have control. I have the ability to do these things. Nothing exterior will ever take command of me. Um, that that is, um, I think, beautiful. Michelle, that is that is beautiful. And, and, and most limitations that people ha- have are self-imposed. I think so. Yep. Okay. Michelle. <laughs> Well, okay, so I'm I'm like Kristen where I hear a quote and I go, oh, that's great, and then I have no clue what it actually, I don't remember it, I don't remember who said it, but one thing that pops out in my head all the time, so all of you on the call are probably old enough to remember the um, that, that one poster where there's like a, a bird standing in water and there's like, a, it was like, and then a, a, a frog in the bird's mouth and it's choking the bird. And does anybody remember that? I poster? do. Okay. And it says, it says, never give up. Yeah. <laughs> and, yep. and that's, you know, for me, that's just, that's short enough that I can remember it. Number one, but number two, it just really speaks to the life of a business owner. Never give up. Just keep going. 
some days suck, some days are awesome, but you know, the you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and take notice of what worked, take notice of what didn't work, <laughs> and then just don't give up. Interesting. Yes. That's fine. <laughs> See, you guys are way different from mine. Mine would be the best thing is it's one of two. The best thing in life is to crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentations of their women. Conan the Barbarian. Or the other favorite one is Neo. Sooner or later, you're going to realize, just as I did, that there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. So we know what I like. Mm, that's cool. <laughs> and here, Fred, I thought it was going to be, please pass the chocolate Bavarian cream donut. No, right? that's what I go with. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey. Absolutely. Well, you know, in 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 my new vocation is is RVing, and it's uh, the saying is it's it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Uh, that's true for life itself, too, Ray. Yes, it is. Heck yeah. <laughs> well, we we really got all philosophical here real fast. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was trying not to, this, but, you know. Is hey. this part of the show? <laughs> yes, it is. If I can quote Conan or Morpheus, I'm happy. Um. <laughs> all right. So to, to, to all of our, our ladies, women, or females on the call, I'm never quite sure these days what the members of the opposite sex want to be called. Um, Just don't call well, us one thing. Call, Chicks is gone. You can call me a chick. <laughs> we have a client that's called the Aloha Chick, so I never quite know. So that's my question is, what would what's the one thing you would like men to know about women in business? Oh, that's a good question. Good Ooh. question. I no, get wait, one this is this smart ass Women in general or is this personal? <laughs> I don't care. I'm just the co-host. <laughs> I think it should be not not to ever underestimate us because I think that mm. sometimes happens and it would be a, a very huge mistake to underestimate um, women in business. Okay. I think we have a lot Who's of next? power. Mm. Okay. One thing. Hmm. Okay. That's that's one thing. Um, <laughs> I I I think um goodness, this is that's a really hard question. Um you know, there would be things I would say in a personal level, but I think more in it as as generality, um I would say to um I, I see this a lot in conferences and in boardrooms, you know, especially with my prior position, is that um Sometimes a woman needs a few sentences to get her point across and can't be quickly as direct as her male counterpart. Um, mm. Maybe they think differently, a different mindset. I would say to a man um, to let a woman have a few sentences before they come to a conclusion of what that woman is trying to say because I, I do feel strongly that um, women can be dismissed quickly and, and the depth maybe of what their thought is, they just haven't been able to yet um, articulated in the way that, that would make sense to the male. And I'd say that to females as well. Um, you know, ask more questions. You know, maybe that quick to the point that the man said, maybe there's more to it. Um, you know, I, I just think I think communication is, is um, a, just a really critical component. 
and and both sections take the time um, to understand the way the other person communicates. You know, we're all in you know media and sales here, so you know we we know that by a rule of thumb. But I don't think that's um, a general rule among small business uh, people. I'm sorry, I tuned out after the fifth word. <laughs> That's funny because I was going to say, you better look at you. I'm going to you. <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> oh, I like that one. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was horrible. Uh, what are you talking about? I that was pretty good. That was just Fred, you are Fred. so rotten. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, what are you? Lay <laughs> Michelle. Um, what I'd like to tell uh, members of the opposite sex is that um, they they don't need to be smart asses all the time. Ooh, touche. <laughs> Especially for you, ladies. <laughs> Well, and how about if you dish it out, you better be ready to take it, because I'm all oh. good with playing like that. But you got to be able to, you know, have it come. And, and that's, pro- that's probably the best rebuttal of, against something like that. Yeah. I love it. Fight, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always in a fun way, Fred. You know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you can't take it, then don't dish it. Because then we go back to Conan. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, folks, um, I want to thank our guest today. Uh, we've got now uh, a clip from, of all people, Holly. So, Holly, why don't you tell us about what you're talking about today in the Zarian clip? Okay. Well, I think what we did was um, looked at combining what what we our topic was today, and we kind of we focused on some statistics about women in business, and then went into women in franchising, and then our trending topic uh, for the week, which is generally you know something that's that's you know come across our desk um, as the week went by in business, is um, financing resales with the SBA loans. So uh, about five six minutes there, and um, I think it'll be an interesting segment. All right, here we go. Hi, this is Holly Ford from Zarian Firm. Trending this week in franchising, financing a franchise resale. Lots of ways to do this, and this will be a two-minute topic on a future episode. But for today, I want to talk about SBA financing. Sounds simple, but this can be a very complex process as the bank is looking at three distinct factors involving the transaction. Let's call these the three Bs, the business, the brand, and the buyer. If any of these elements are not strong enough, it can blow the whole deal. Obviously, the business has to have the value. Is the asking price in alignment with the valuation? But even with proven value, banks will take this a step further and demand the business have tenure. In other words, for the SBA to approve the resale, it has to have a positive financial trend. But if the business is too new, there's not enough data to support a strong trend making it difficult to obtain SBA financing. Then there's the second B, the brand. The SBA will look closely at several, several factors. Does the franchisor have a strong five-year retention rate? Meaning, are those that bought the franchise five years ago still in business today? 
Also, is the brand still selling new franchises? And how much attrition did the brand suffer over the last three years? In other words, how many stores closed? And finally, what is the SBA default rate? If it's high, it may indicate a poor franchisee support system. A brand not meeting SBA minimums will be difficult to finance. And then our third B is the buyer. The SBA will look a lot, more than you expect, at just having a good down payment. The buyer's background is a strong component. For example, does the buyer have experience in the industry? The bank wants to make sure that the buyer can continue the success of the business. And if the buyer does not have a lot of experience, will the existing management stay in place? And does the buyer have enough working capital to support this transition period? If you're interested in learning more about today's trend, SBA financing of a franchise resale, connect with me through the Pillars blog or send an email to holly at zarianfirm.com. Now for today's two-minute topic, coinciding with our show today, she's got diamonds on the soles of her shoes, women in franchising. In 1986, Paul Simon's Graceland album was released the sixth track being our show title. This song is a masterpiece of what some call African rock fusion. The Zulu dialect of the refrain roughly translates into, it's not usual, but in our days we see those things happen. They are women. They take care of themselves. In 1986, just a little over three decades ago, women taking care of themselves was indeed not usual. But in that same year, the Women's Business Development Center was formed curating educational seminars, government guidance, and training opportunities for women in business. Then, in 1988, Congress passed the Women's Business Ownership Act. This act legally ended discrimination in financing, and it eliminated the state laws that required married women to have a husband co-sign for all their loans. Then, the very next year, President George H.W. Bush appointed the first woman to head the Small Business Administration. Susan Engelweider. The 1990s continued the assistance for women in business with Wells Fargo Bank launching a billion-dollar loan fund for women entrepreneurs. This billion-dollar fund raised $10 billion in just one year. The 90s also saw KeyBank, Goldman Sachs, and other institutions increasingly launching financial assistance for women entrepreneurs. And of course, the rise of female celebrity entrepreneurs such as billionaire Martha Stewart continued to mentor a path for women in business. This decade now boasts 11.6 million firms that are owned by women. But despite this phenomenal growth, women-run businesses still only earn just 25 cents for every dollar of their male counterparts. But in franchising, it's a little different. Women purchase a structured business with standard pricing and equal expenses. The often male referral network now falls to the shadow of consumer demand for the franchise product. These advantages for female franchise owners have led to an over 90% increase in female franchise ownership over the last decade, compared to just 10% of male ownership growth. Today, women own over 27% of all franchises. Just three decades later, it is becoming more and more usual for a woman to have diamonds on the soles of her shoes. If you would like to learn more about the advantages of a franchise for female business ownership, connect with me on the blog or holly at zarianfirm.com. Next week's two-minute topic is entitled, Melts in Your Mouth, Not in Your Hands. What really is a unique selling proposition, or USP? 
Finally, today, our highlighted franchise of the week is, in honor of our host, Ray Pillar, Molly Maid. Molly Maid is a home-based, unique cleaning franchise opportunity with three decades of profits to prove the concept. Total estimated investment is $89,000 to $139,000. Give me a call if you want to learn more about this franchise or another great resale opportunity I have for you in Atlanta, Georgia. If you have any questions about today's topic or any other question regarding franchising, email me at holly at zarianfirm.com, holly at zarianfirm.com, and we can cover it on a future episode. This is Holly Ford of Zarian Firm on Pillars of Franchising saying, see you next week, same time, same bad channel. Well, just, tell, just, just tell him being sick is not an option. Yeah, well, I tried that today, and he got he got his hair combed, and we got him just about out the door, and he had to run to the bathroom, and I was like, oh, damn. Another day at home. <laughs> Almost made it. I tried. Yeah, he was on, yeah. he was on board. So mm-hmm. I just got to threaten to take away all the electronics if he doesn't go to school. That'll change. There you go. <laughs> got to get better now. Firm International Business Brokers is truly unique in the business resale space. The average business broker uses one standard multiplier across all businesses and industries to value a business. Therian Firm is the only business brokerage that looks at the five factors of distinction in each individual business and values the business using a sophisticated algorithm. This gives our sellers a true value and our buyers a fair price. Therian gives our sellers the choice of three marketing packages based on how quickly they want to sell their business. But all of our businesses sell 33% faster than the standard in all other brokerages. Therian Firm International Business Brokers connects premium investors with validated business opportunities. Learn more at therianfirm.com. That's therianfirm.com.